you know, I'm not one. I don't say much about churches and about other ministries. But I really struggle sometimes when I see people. They'll say, oh, now I'm telling you, I've got some holy water here. And if you'll send me $15, I'll send you some holy water. You're misusing the name of God. No. You're marketing. You're marketing what God has given to you. If it really is holy water... And if God really does use it to do some miracle or whatever, I'm telling you, you should never charge for it. It's free. It was freely given to you. Then you ought to give it to someone else. Don't misuse the name of God and become greedy and leverage the use of holy water or holy oil or anything else. Don't leverage it for your benefit. Because when you do, you're misusing the name of God morning I want us to continue our series and you're, you're probably thinking by now how much longer is this series going to go we've been talking about Bible application and we've shared many things we've been talking about the children of Israel uh, the Israelites we've been talking about their deliverance God delivered them from the bondage of slavery and uh, from the Egyptian bondage that all they knew for the last 400 years during that time for the last 400 years was slavery and taskmasters and bondage and God miraculously delivered them delivered them from the hands of bondage and slavery and, and brought them to what they call Mount Sinai brought was bringing them to the promised land, but in bringing them to the promised land, the land of Israel as we know it today, bringing them to the land of Israel, uh, 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 God brought them to Mount Sinai on that path. And on that path uh, to, to the promised land, he stopped, in, uh, stopped them in Mount Sinai. And there in Mount Sinai, God met them. I mean, God met them. And he declared unto them, he said, I am the Lord your God. I am not the Lord, the God. I'm the Lord, your God, in signifying that he was in a relationship. He had delivered them from bondage, and since he had delivered them from bondage, they were in a relationship with him. They were his people. He was their God. I am the Lord, your God. He didn't say that to the rest of the world. He just said that to the Israelites, signifying that they were in a relationship with him. And, and the beautiful thing about this is that when God delivered me, and God delivered you from sin and bondage. We were all enslaved by sin. We were all sinners, and we all fell short of the glory of God. That's what the Scripture says, it's, and it's the truth. We all uh, are sinners, and we all have a propensity to sin. Amen? I, there was a revelation given to me Friday. I was working Friday, and I was out at the property working, and as I was out at the property working, cutting grass, and it had gotten up to about, I'm literally on my head, it was about, this tall and so I was out there on the bush hog and I was cutting the grass and anyway God gave me a divine revelation and he let me know he let me very well know he said Randy you have the propensity to sin you have the propensity to go back to your old nature you have that capability to go back and live that old lifestyle but I delivered you I forgave you and there's nothing you've done they can keep you from going back. It's my grace that keeps you from going back. It's my grace that keeps you from going back. And so God delivered me from the power of sin. And he's delivered every one of us that have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. He has forgiven us of our sins and delivered us. But once he delivered us, we, we didn't know anything but sinful lifestyle. That's all we knew. 
Amen? That's all we knew. We did what our flesh told us to do. We did what we were just natural. It was just our natural propensity to sin. I mean, I think, I think about it and I think, you know, my parents never told me to lie or taught me to lie. I just did it and didn't do it very often because when I did, all I know, I can tell you, I don't know what a belt is. That's all I'm going to say. I know what a belt is. And I hated that story. I hated when we were in church and my mom would look at, at, over at me and she'd pinch me and she said, your dad will take care of you when I get home, when we get home. And i tell you what I did. I ran to the bedroom when I got home and ran and tucked myself in the bed. And a few minutes later, my dad come in and, yeah, you know the rest of the story. Anyway, and my dad was a wonderful dad. But that's all we knew. But God delivered us. And then when God delivered us from the bondage and the power of sin, he said, listen, I want to give you some guidelines to live by. I want to give you some principles to live by because all you've known is sin. All you've known is the principles of, of sin, the, 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 the power of sin. I want to give you some guidelines to live by because I love you and I want what's good for you. I want what's best for your life. And so we've been going through the series about Bible application and we've talked about all kinds of things. And, you know, last week we talked about being resolved that we're going to determine that we're going to do it. We're going to make up our mind even before we face that situation, even before we face that situation. Scenario, we've made up our mind that we're going to follow the principles of God's word in our lives because doing it makes all the difference in the world. Not just hearing about it, not just seeing it, but doing it makes all the difference in the world. So this morning, I want us to look at a principle that God laid out for the children of Israel, not for the world, but for the children of Israel. And I believe it's a principle that God has laid out for you and I to live by. And it's found in Exodus, the 20th chapter, verse 7. And you look at this and you're going to think, what in the world is so relevant about this commandment today? And it's the commandment where God speaks to the children of Israel and he says this. I'm going to give you two, two uh, versions or, or uh, translations, not versions, two translations. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. That's from the King James Version. Now, the NIV says this. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now, as I was growing up, and if you lived in my house... The application to this command was not to ever accompany God's name with a curse word or a slang word. I mean, that's, that's, I grew up thinking, okay, I'm never supposed to say God blank <laughs> or, or whatever, whatever. I'm never supposed to use, misname, uh, uh, misuse the name of God. I'm never supposed to take his name and put it with a cuss word or a slang word, and I'm never supposed to put them together because his name is, is holy, and I should not misuse the name of the Lord like that. Let me give you an example. Have any of you ever, ever, ever hit your thumb with a hammer? I'm just saying, I have. 
I've hit my thumb with a hammer. Not too long ago, I was working on a roof, and I was changing a, a service, and I, I had to move some uh, shingles. I had to remove some shingles, and so they were old shingles, and so they were stuck together. So I got a, uh, a pry bar, a push bar, and I ran the bar up there trying to separate the shingles apart. And about that time, I ran that bar right up under that shingle, and it got loose and rammed, I mean literally rammed, the shingle right up my thumbnail. It hurt. Needless to say, I'm on the roof, and I dropped the bar. And I grabbed my thumb, and I did not cuss. But if you'd given me a piece of paper, I could have wrote it down for you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So you know what I'm talking about. You that have to work with your hands, you know, you're, you ran something up your thumb, you hit your thumb or whatever, and you grab it, and, and I'm telling you, 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 you there's, there's thoughts and words that if you're not careful, will just go through your mind. And, and sometimes they come out of your mouth. They do. You know, and, and I got tickled one day. My neighbor was working on a fan, and as he was working on the fan, his dad was sitting on the couch. And he was on his ladder, and he was working on a fan, and it was hot, and he was trying to work it hot. And about that time, he got shocked. I mean, it, it hit him. And when it hit him, he said a few choice words. I'll just use the word choice. He said a few choice words, and he realized his dad was sitting on the couch, and he looked down at his dad, and his dad was looking up at him, and he said, Dad, that wasn't me speaking. That's what electricity sounds like when it goes through your body. And, uh, and so, anyway, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I still believe, I still believe that you should not yell out God's name when you lose your temper uh, uh, or anything like that. But I want you to understand there's much more to this command than just accompanying God's name in a fit of rage. And growing up in my home, and, and I love my parents very, very much, and I'm thankful to have my mom here. My mom was a great mom. She still is a great mom. But in growing up, we went a step further in my house. We were not even allowed to say the word gosh. Oh, my gosh. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's sinful. I'm not saying you should not say that. No, if you do, you misunderstood the message this morning. But in my home, we could not say, oh, my gosh, or oh, my yeah, you don't have to say it. <laughs> but we were not, because it sounded like we were saying God, and it was just a little too close to the name of God. And of course, there were some other words that we were not supposed to stay in the house that were not the word, but they were close to the word. You know what I mean? Like, dang it. Oh, it's not the same word, but it sure sounds close. Or my word, when I was growing up, and this was my word, shoot. Shoot. Man, I'd say that. Finally, one day, my mom says, what are you saying? I didn't say that word, mom. I didn't say the I word. I said the O word, shoot. Well, it just sounds awful close to the I word. Maybe you shouldn't say it. Now, you may not have been raised in a home like that, but I was, and I thank God for that. They were just close, too close to other words. And so we were not allowed to use some of those other words. And because of this, we were given boundaries 
about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. Well, during the Bible times, did you know that men did the same thing with the name of God? And well, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those that would inscribe or translate, not translate, but inscribe or write the Bible, when they would begin to write the word of God and they would come across a name of God, whether it was Yahweh or Jehovah or any of the names of God, when they would come across that name, they revered that name so much that they could not use the same pen that they wrote everything else with. And they, when they got to the name of Yahweh or God or Jehovah, whatever name it was, when they got to the name, they would lay that pen down. They would pick up a special pen with special ink that they only used to write the name of God. And even some of those names they wrote, uh, they, that they wrote, they would not even write the name of God like Yahweh. If you notice Yahweh in the Bible or in the, uh, the old text, Yahweh is spelled without any vowels. It's Y-H-W-H. That's all it is. And there's no value because they revered the name of God so highly. Well, we can't speak the name of, we can't, we can't write the name of God. And so we've got to leave some letters out. And we've got to use a special pen. And we've got to use special link when we come to the name of God. And so they would use this pen in copying the name and an ordinary pen the rest of the time. But by the time Jesus came, they would, they would, so they would not misuse the name of God, they would not even say the name of God or the names of God because they felt it was just too holy to say. If you do not say it, you can't misuse it. If you don't say it, you can't misuse it. And so they created, now I want you to get this, they created a law to keep from breaking the law. Now, have we not done that? Have we not done that in our own personal lives? We create a law to keep from breaking a law. Well, this is what the law says. So therefore, I'm going to set the boundary up. I'm going to create another law so that I won't break this law over there. And they would create a law to keep from breaking the law. And over time, they became so obsessed with the literal name of God that they came up with, that, that, that they came up with rules so people would not accidentally misuse the name of God. And by the time that Jesus had come to the earth, they had lost sight of what the commandment was really about. And so the question I want to ask you today is, what does it really mean to misuse the name of God? I mean, why would God give this principle? Why would God give these Israelites a guideline to live by? And he said, don't misuse the name of God. What is so relevant about that? Now, it means, and I want you to hear me, it means not to associate God's name with something that God is not associated with. It also means to leverage, or it also means not to leverage the name of God in order to accomplish your means or get your way. Don't use the name of God to leverage what you want. Do not misuse the name of God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that God has the power to heal. 
And I believe that we should speak it in the name of Jesus. Whatever we ask, we need to ask it in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I believe we need to declare it in the name of Jesus. If God has given us the permission and God has given us the authority to declare something in his name, then we have the right or we have the, 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 the privilege, I should say, of using his name to declare certain things in our lives. But if God did not give us permission to declare certain things in his name, then we should not misuse the name of God. I remember Kay, she had surgery this Tuesday, I think it was, and I went over there Monday evening, and she says, I want you to pray the prayer of faith. I said, I can pray the prayer of faith. I said, I believe with all my heart that God has the power to heal you, that when you go in tomorrow, they won't even do the surgery. I said, but I tell you what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray God's will. Now, you might say, well, no, you, you just didn't have faith. No, I got faith. I believe with all my heart. She could have went in the next day. They were going to do another CAT scan, and, and the doctor could have said, there's no use of me doing any surgery. But I said, but I'm going to pray God's will because I don't know how God wants to use you to touch other people. Okay. You see... Every time I pray, I'm going to pray the will of God. If you're going to ask me to pray for something, if you're going to ask me to pray for you to sell your house, I'm going to pray for you to sell your house according to the will of God. Because God may not want you to sell your house. And it may be all about the timing of God. And it may be all about what God knows in the future and sees in the future that you don't see. So every time I pray, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pray God's will in that situation. I'm going to pray healing and that God will heal you according to the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God. Because God may want to use you to manifest his name, to manifest his glory and his power unexpectedly in a way that you may not know about it. So, and the Bible tells us that when we pray, we need to say, according to the will of God. And that if we're going to do something, we're going to do it if the Lord permits. If the Lord permits. I'm going to fix your house if the Lord permits. In other words, if God will give me an opportunity and give me the time, I'm going to do it. If the Lord permits. Well, let's go a little bit further. In other words, don't, do not use God to accomplish your means or to get your way. This is what it means to misuse the name of God. Now, my children growing up, I used to be over our camping facility, and I love this. I, it was, to me, it's a great illustration. And my children were in the sixth grade. I think Kelly was going into the ninth, I don't know, but anyway, no, that was when I came here, sixth grade. So anyway, they were in elementary school. And when we moved to the campground, my, little, my son, he was little, and he loved baseball. And he played baseball in Augusta, Georgia, and we moved to the campground. And we got to the campground, and, and I told him, I said, son, you got your own baseball field. His eyes got big. I got my own baseball field. I said, yeah, you can go out there and play baseball anytime you want to. And, and, and you know, and, and when we, we lived on the camp, we lived there. And, and I was the, what they called the superintendent of operations. And so Kelly and Chris would leverage my name for their benefit. 
They would. They would leverage. And I tell you, Lannis Lewis was the overseer, and Morgan was the same age as Kelly and, and them, and she would leverage Lannis's name for her benefit. And when they would come out there and something was going on in the facility campground, she would say, and they would say, they say, well, my dad's in charge. Well, you know, my dad's the overseer, Morgan would say, and oh, my, oh, my dad's in charge of the facility. They would leverage their, my name to get what they wanted. They did. I'm just going to be honest. Now, you, you, you do the same thing. You do the same thing with your parents when you're kids. Well, do you know who my dad is? Well, you, do you know he's in charge out here? Do you know that, you know, I have the right, I have the privilege to be able to, to, to come down to Snack Shack anytime I want to go? Now, they would go down there and get snacks. Now, Daddy paid because I kept a tab of what they get, and I made sure I paid for it. But they thought, yeah, I can, get, I can go down there and get me a Coke anytime I want to. I'm going to leverage the name of my dad. <laughs> but do we not do that sometimes with God? We leverage the name of God for our benefit. And if we're not careful... We, mis we will misuse the name of God. Now, let me give you a couple examples of what I mean. In the New Testament, there was the law. Go, if you go back to Exodus 20, chapter somewhere around verse 5 or something like that, or maybe uh, it's, it's a little bit further down uh, than that, there's a law, that the principle that says, honor your father and your mother. It's a principle. You are to honor your parents. And notice that law didn't say, honor your parents when they're good to you. It doesn't say honor the parents if they treat you well. It just says, honor your father and mother. You see, God, in fact, let's read from Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse, verse 1. Matthew 15, chapter verse 1. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the, the, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God? For the sake of your tradition. For God said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. Now this is the fifth commandment that God gave to the Israelites, they were in a relationship with him, and he says, now, these are the guidelines I want you to live by. And this fifth command was given without qualifications. You are to honor. You are to respect your father and mother. Now, I have to admit, my mom and dad didn't always do what I liked. I didn't like it when they said no. I didn't like it when they said, oh, you got to pay for the insurance. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, you know, there were some guidelines. And, you know, there are some things, that, you know, you may not like when your father or your mother says. It's not with qualification. He did not say if your parents act a certain way, then you were to honor them. But the religious, now hear this, the religious leaders came up with a system to get around what it really meant to honor your parents. As a son or daughter... Now, this is, this is relevant. As a son or daughter, when your parents get older, older, not old, older, and maybe they're not able to take care of themselves as they once did, 
Did you know that you as the son or the daughter are to make sure they're taken care of? You honor them to make sure that, now that I know there's situations that's impossible for you to, to take care of your, your mom or dad or, and things like that. I understand those situations. But where possible, you as the children are to take care of the parents when they can't take care of themselves or they get to an age they may not be able to do for themselves like they used to do. And to honor them is to take care of them to respect them, to make sure that they have their needs met in their life. I got tickled at my mom the other day. She, she was scammed by the computer, and the computer came in and says, you know, you need to give so much money to, to get into your computer. I said, don't give them anything. I said, don't give them anything. She said, well, I didn't. And she says, son, if I ever get to the place where I start giving my money away, then you take over. And I said, don't worry, mom, I will. <laughs> We're supposed to look out. We're supposed to look out for our parents. And as a son or daughter, when they need it, as a son and a daughter, when your parents needed help when they were older, you were, honor, you were to honor them by taking care of them. However, the religious leaders came up with a system to keep what children had for themselves. And this is what they say. They would go to the priest and they would say, I want to devote all of my stuff to God. I want to devote everything I have. I want to devote it all to God. And whenever God needs it, he can have it. I'm going to devote it all to God. <laughs> I love that. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. You're going to devote it all to God. And if God asks you to give it all up, are you going to give it up? But that's what they would do. They set up a system that if you'll come to the priest and you'll devote all of your stuff to God, then when your parents need help or when your neighbors need help, but it was talking about the parents, when the parents need help, the son or the daughter could say to the parents, well, I've already devoted all my stuff to God. I can't help you. I can't help you. I've devoted it all to, it belongs to God, and it belongs to God, and until God requires it, I cannot help you. And so they were dishonoring their father and their mother, and they were doing it in the name of God. And so what Jesus was saying, listen, don't misuse the name of God to leverage what you really want. What you really want, you really didn't want to devote yourself to God. You just didn't want to help other people. And you didn't want to help your parents. And so you made up this thing that if I devote it, if I devote it to the Lord, if I devote it to God Jehovah, and therefore if it's his, it belongs to him, I don't have the right to give it away. I don't have the right to use it. Although they had the right to use it for themselves, they could not use it for anyone else. And so they could hold on to the. It's amazing that none of those none of those people that did that God ever demanded their stuff of them. You see, it was a way to get out of disobeying God. Uh, I mean, a way to get out of obeying God, and they would misuse the name of God. 
And notice what he says. This infuriated Jesus. Notice what he said to them in verse 5. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might have otherwise have received from me is a gift devoted to God, he is not, he is not to honor his father with it. Therefore, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. They were misusing the name of God. And then your second is, is, is in the temple. In Luke, the 19th chapter, verse 45 and 46, then he entered the temple area and began driving out those who were selling. Now, it's obvious that Jesus Christ is livid. And the reason that he is so livid and so upset is because they were selling animals and exchanging money for sacrifice that to the poor people that they had to buy. In other words, they were leveraging the temple practice of sacrifice. They were leveraging that temple, and, and, and they were saying, listen, you gotta, you've got to have this animal. You've got to have a, a, a pigeon, or you've got to have a dove, or you've got to have a, a lamb or whatever. And if you're going to be forgiven of your sins, if you're going to have your sins forgiven and you're going to be atoned for, you've got to have the right sacrifice. And there were a lot of poor people that would go to the temple and they didn't have anything. They didn't have the animal. They couldn't bring it with them. And so the sellers would sell the animal at a high price so they could atone for their sins. They were nullifying the Eighth Commandment. You know what the Eighth Commandment is? Thou shalt not steal. And because of their greed, they would steal from the poor and leverage the name of God in doing it, therefore nullifying the commandment of God. Isn't that amazing? That was what was going on during Jesus' time. That's the reason Jesus was so livid and so angry and upset because they were nullifying the commandment of God to leverage, the, to leverage greed for themselves. They were stealing from the poor. And God was angry. Jesus was angry because they misused the name of God. And you say, well, how is that relevant today? We don't go to the temple. No. We don't go to the temple. We don't sacrifice. We may not say, well, I've devoted all my things to God, and therefore I can't really help you or help anyone else. You see, the first commandment was love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. The second is like it is love your neighbor as yourself. And you say, well, I've devoted everything to God, so I can't help you. You nullify and misuse the name of God for your benefit. And that's what Jesus or God meant when he said, do not misuse the name of God. Don't leverage my name to benefit you. Don't misuse my name. My name is holy and it's reverent. And don't leverage my name to get what you want. Yes, you can use my name. You can use my name to declare what I have declared for you. You can use my name to be forgiven. You can use my name to, be, to get washed away of all your sins. You can use my name. You can call upon my name, and you can use my name against the enemy, against Satan. But don't misuse my name so you can get what you want in life when I haven't declared it. 
And, 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 you know, I'm not one, I don't say much about churches and about other ministries, but I really struggle sometimes when I see people that say, well, now I'm telling you, I've got some holy water here, and if you'll send me $15, I'll send you some holy water. You're misusing the name of God. No, you're marketing, you're marketing what God has given to you. If it really is holy water, and if God really does use it to do some miracle or whatever, I'm telling you, you should never charge for it. It's free. It was freely given to you, then you ought to give it to someone else. Don't misuse the name of God and become greedy and leverage the use of holy water or holy oil or anything else. Don't leverage it for your benefit. Because when you do, you're misusing the name of God. Do I believe God does things like that sometimes? Yeah, I believe. You know, in North Georgia, they had that, the, the running oil. I believe it was real. I do. I believe it was real. Man got in the way and got greedy. And you know what happened. Well, if you've heard. But in the beginning, I believe it was real. And they gave it away. They gave it to whoever would come. They gave it. And you know what people said? You ought to start selling it. Who? Do what? This was freely given, and now you want me to profit from it? You want me to do what? No. And God is saying, no, 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 no. When you do it, you're misusing my name. Salvation, the gifts of God, and all of those things are freely given from God. Why are you charging someone for it? We don't charge for salvation here, do we? When we start charging for salvation, I'm leaving. I'm gone. When we start charging for the blessings of God, I'm gone. They're freely given. And they're given by God to whom he will. And the amazing thing about salvation, I love this about salvation. I'm getting ready to close, Derek, wherever you're at. The amazing thing about God and salvation is that it's free. It's freely given. Now, it was given at a high price. It cost God his only begotten son. It cost Jesus Christ the shedding of his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin and your sin. It was very, very, very costly. But to you and I, it is given freely. Freely given. And something I, I just have to share. Friday when I was out there on the property and sweating, cutting grass, and God revealed to me, and I'm not going to go into the details of how God revealed to me, but God revealed to me, Randy, you still have the propensity to sin. And if it wasn't for my grace, and if it wasn't for my mercy, and if it wasn't for my compassion to forgive you, you'd go to hell. God freely gave me the gift of eternal life. I didn't have to work for it. I don't have to work to maintain it. Did you hear me? I don't have to work to maintain it. It's freely given. And if God has given me so graciously the gift of life, eternal life, then why should I not freely give it to others? 
no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done. No matter their lifestyle in the past, God changes the future. Now, hear what I'm saying. I believe, and I want you to hear what I'm saying from my heart because somebody's going to misconstrue this. I do not want to sin. I do not want to sin. I I don't practice sin. I don't want to sin. But I have to tell you, there are times that I miss it. There are times that I say something that I probably shouldn't say. There may be a time that I acted in a way I shouldn't have acted. And you say, well, you just kind of made a mistake. No, I'm going to tell you, to me it's sin. I missed the mark. I sinned. You see, I have a propensity. I still have the ability to do that. But I don't want to sin. I really don't. But God showed me, Randy, you still have that ability, the capability. You have that propensity. If left to yourself, if left to your flesh, you would go back and do what you used to do. And how I begged and thanked God for his forgiveness. That God would forgive me so freely. And I'm here to tell you God loves you today. And I don't care. And I want you to hear me. I don't care what your past has been. God still loves you. And God will still forgive you. And God will still wash away your sins. You will not be perfect in your flesh. But you will be perfect in the eyes of God. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you. We as Christians. You see this is not for the world. This is for you and I that are followers of Christ. God freely gave us his gift of salvation. And we must never use his name or the salvation that he's given to us. We must never leverage it for our benefit. We must leverage it for the glory of his name and for the good of others. So I'm here to tell you today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you that when you pray, That when you're out in the world, don't misuse the name of God to get your way. Use the name of God to declare what God has said. To declare what God has decreed for you. You see, I can say in the name of Jesus, Satan, you are defeated. God's given me the privilege and the opportunity to declare in the name of Jesus my healing. The way he chooses to heal. Now, I'm going to tell you, when God, I want God to heal me. And I believe God does heal me. I'm telling you, when I had my first kidney stone, if you'd have seen me in this church, I was on this stage. I was in the floor. I was crawling. I was rolling. I was begging. I was doing everything to get some relief. God did not heal me the way I thought he should have. Or the way I wanted him to. Because if God had healed me the way I wanted him to, I would have passed a stone immediately. But that thing lasted for several days. Now, God did heal me. But it wasn't the way I had planned. But you know something through that? I met a doctor. 
I was in his doctor's his office this week. And I, I was watching him go from room to room. And, of course, I had my door closed. And then they closed my door and everything and waiting on him. And it was like the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And he said, instead of you asking him questions or him asking you questions, I want you to ask him. I want you to ask him, Doctor, how are you doing? Not how I'm doing. How are you doing? Because the last time I went into his office, he was so stressed out to the max. And I could see it on his face. I could hear it in the expression. He was absolutely stressed to the max. And God said, I want you here to minister to him instead of him. Even though you're paying him, I want you to minister to him. And you say, well, that's a strange way for God to work. Yeah, it was a strange way. But what if God chose to use you that way? So that's why I pray, God, I know you have the power to heal. I know that you will heal. And you're going to do it. And I'm praying it that you do it as you will. As you see fit. Because you don't know the lies that God is going to send to you to impact them. Let's don't misuse the name of God. Let's declare his name with power and authority in what he's given us the authority to use it for. But let's don't misuse it in any other way. And I'm telling you, if you will live by the principle, if you'll live by this principle in your daily life, you know what God's going to do? God's going to leverage his name for your benefit and for your good. Would you stand? I want to challenge you. Today you may not know Jesus Christ. But I want you to hear this last phrase. Let's bring it down to a personal level. In 1 John 1 and 9, he says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, confession is not a loophole for practicing sin. It's just a means for God to forgive us. He offers forgiveness for those that are turning from sin. I never want to use the name of Jesus Christ to practice sin. Oh, I know he'll forgive me, so I'm just going to do it anyway. No. You're using the name of Jesus to practice sin. But Jesus, or God says in his word, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. You see, I don't want to misuse the name of God to leverage what I want to do and miss God. I want to leverage the name of God to know God. And I want to follow his guidelines so I don't miss him. I don't want to miss him. I don't want you to miss him and what he wants to do in and through your life. So I want to challenge you today when we sing this song that we're going to make a declaration. God, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to surrender my life to you. I'm going to confess my sins, not so I can sin again, but I'm going to confess my sin so I can be clean and declared righteous. And Lord, I have purpose to surrender my life to follow you. 
to follow your principles for living in my life because you want what is good for me. Let's sing. Would you lead us, Derek? We're going to pray in just a moment. I want you to sing this song. In the secret place where I see your face. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.